The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Another episode of Turnbuckle Talk in partnership with TheChairShot.com presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TV Talk Pod. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Big Joe and Carl Carafel. Welcome, everybody. We are at episode 182 of Turnbuckle Talk. My name is Carl Carafel. The guy over there is Big Joe. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Joe, we are in prime time right now, brother. This is a a little test for us to see how things go in prime time. Uh, I actually had to work today, so our normal... Uh, 3 p.m. broadcast could not happen, but let's see how things go prime time when everybody's home sitting down for a meal. Big Joe, prime time. What have we got today? So it, just a few more things on that. I mean, 182 episodes in, man. We're, we're, we're creeping ever closer to that 200 episode mark. Um, I mean, wow, just looking back at the beginning, who thought we'd still be here? Uh, almost 200 episodes in, and we're still going strong. Uh, as, as for the timing, um, yeah, the 3 p.m. just wasn't going to work for us this weekend. Uh, I got a little bit extra time to sleep in a little bit. Since I do work a night job, that was a welcome couple more hours of sleep. Uh, even though looking at me on the video, you might think that, hey, Joe, you still need a little bit more sleep, and you might be correct. But uh, I'm, uh, I got a nice big cup of... Uh, Chocolate raspberry truffle Van Hoot coffee on the go, so all good with that. And uh, for yeah, this primetime slot, man, it, it's uh, we'll see uh, if we can get uh, some more viewers and they get some more interaction in our chat. So, uh, yeah, it's an Joe's got a yeah, big cup of Joe, big cup of Joe, and uh, it is uh, some excellent coffee. It's non sponsored coffee, but it's still good nonetheless. But uh, yeah, man, there's been uh, quite a bit uh, going on, and there's actually some interesting breaking news coming this week, but uh, not to, to get too far ahead of ourselves here. Let us start off with. The PWI 500 has been released here, Carl, and we know who our number one is. And I got to say, surprised but not surprised at the same time. And there definitely seems to be a mixed reaction from the internet wrestling community. And Mr. John Moxley has been voted as the number one for the year of 2019, I guess it would be, correct? Or no, I guess it would be 2020. Yeah, 2020. 
A uh, big milestone for Pro Wrestling Illustrated as well for their uh, PWI 500. Their PWI 500 turns 30. Yep. So this is the 30th one that they have done. And on number 30, as Big Joe said, we have John Moxley, yeah. AEW champion. And as you can see in the graphic there, AEW has officially arrived. I guess if you're in the world of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, then sure. AEW has officially arrived for myself. I believe that AEW has arrived already. Mm -hmm. I think you could definitely make that uh, argument. And and just outside of AEW, you know, with uh, him leaving the WWE, showing up in New Japan, uh, showing up in AEW. I mean, he's kind of been all over the place, still a tour of the independent scene as well. Um, I'm, I really have no issue with him being in that number one spot. Uh, a lot of people feel that this is just a, an, another jab at WWE and whatnot. I don't feel that's really the case here at all. I just I, I honestly think that he kind of made the biggest impact on the industry. I would have to agree with you. I think he yeah. definitely has made the biggest impact. I mean, what was the talk of 2020? Yeah. It was Dean Ambrose. Is he leaving? Is mm-hmm. he staying? What's happening? And then all of a sudden he's gone and it's like, oh, and then he shows up and it's 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 fanfare once again. Yeah. So is John Moxley deserving of the number one spot right now for the PWI 500? I think so. I definitely think so. I think he's uh, well deserving of it. Um but I figured we'd go through, say, maybe even just the, the rest of the top 10 here as well here, Carl. I don't know if you have the list in front of you. but uh, I don't. I, I, I knew that you would, and yep. I wanted this to be a total surprise sure. to me. I have not even looked it up yet, so I have right, no cool. clue. So let's I actually have the top 25 in front of me, but I thought maybe we keep it to the top 10. We can go further if you want. But uh, to go further down the list, you know what? I'll go, I'll go 10, and then I'll go back up to one here. So at number yeah, 10, awesome. at number 10, we have AJ Styles at number 10. At number 9, Kofi Kingston. Uh, number eight, Seth Rollins. Number seven, Cody Rhodes. At uh, number six, we have Kazuchika Okada from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then at number five, we have Tetsuya Naito, also from New Japan Pro Wrestling. At uh, number four, we have Drew McIntyre. Number three, Chris Jericho. And probably as a bit of a surprise here, at number two, Carl, we have Adam Cole, Bay Bay, at all the way up to number two. What do you think about that number two, man? Number two, I, th- I think, is totally deserving as well. Adam Cole has done a lot for the world of professional wrestling since the last PWI 500 has come out. Uh, everything that he's been doing with the faction over in uh, NXT has been phenomenal. Whether it's been up, whether it's been down, there's always been that constant of Adam Cole. Yeah. You know, I guess he would have been the, the longest reigning NXT champion. So, and I mean, his work speaks for itself. So, uh, definitely, oh, yeah. you know, amongst, you know, our inside of our bubble, uh, for sure. I mean, he would definitely make that list. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, for him to be all the way up at number two, I thought that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I would have a Naito and Okada probably a notch higher. Like, I would have probably bumped Naito up to four and then Okada number five. And I okay. probably would have put, um, I would, probably have switched drew mcintyre and adam cole i think i would have put drew number two uh just for for winning that you know title at wrestlemania uh, after all that right. time i felt that that kind of maybe justified you know, you know one thing to keep in mind with this here too is that we have to always remind people because there's always the uproar about this list here carl that this really is uh in kayfabe right so it depends on, yeah. on what is going on storyline wise and, and all that plays a large factor in this so people um 
getting reading a little too much into this. People get a little carried away. I've been guilty of this myself, you know, especially when uh, Rhonda, when I was making the list up higher, I was like, no, 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 no. Right. Right. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's why I mentioned everything that Adam Cole had done. And the reason why he's up at number two is for that reason. Kayfabe reason, everything that he's done. Uh, with with uh, the Undisputed Era, as well as singles. And then, you know, like just everything that's happened with Adam Cole has been fantastic. And yep. like I said, Adam Cole has been a constant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I can definitely see it. I can definitely see it. And to give everybody else a little bit of idea, I'll go through the, the rest of the top 25 here. Yeah, for go everybody. from 11 down to 25. Okay, so at number 11, we got Keith Lee. Uh, and then number 12, we got Brock Lesnar. So we got Keith Lee ahead of Brock Lesnar, which I think, you know, given the current circumstances, uh, definitely justified. Uh, and at number 13, Kenny Omega, which is very interesting because since coming over to AEW, I will say that his prestige, I guess, in wrestling has been almost non-existent um, you know, outside of New Japan. Uh, he just never really seemed to, to really translate over to American uh, wrestling, but uh, uh, he's in there at uh, number 13. At uh, number 14, we got Roman Reigns. Uh, number 15, Nick Aldis. Uh, number 16, Mr. Bray Wyatt. Then we have Kota Ibushi all the way down to number 17. That's a bit of a shocker. Uh, number 18, Roosh. Uh, number 19, Braun Strowman. And at number 20 is our kind of first outside of uh, the, the big, big companies here, Carl. We got Jacob Fatu in that spot there at number 20. Then we have Mr. That's Will. MLW. MLW. Yep. And then we have Will Osprey at number 21. MJF all the way down to number 22. He's probably not too happy about that one. Uh, Alistair Black at number 23. And then number 24, a name I'm not really that familiar with, Kento. Mayahara, I'm not sure who that is. I'll have to maybe do some research on him. And then rounding out the top 25, we have Walter. That wow. is the top 25. So an interesting mix there. Uh, a lot of WWE and AEW New Japan, which makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I, I think it's a good mix yep. of stars from all the companies. And then... Uh, Jacob Fatu in there to include somebody from MLW in the top 25. Fantastic. I I love to see that uh, because the independent scene when it comes to professional wrestling is so fantastic Mm -hmm. that that it it gets overlooked a lot. It really does, which, which sucks because there's a lot of really good workers out there on the independent scenes. And uh, MLW, I believe that coming up in either October or November, they're headed towards network television. So that'll be uh, good, and hopefully there'll be a way for us to watch that up here in Canada because MLW does put out a good product. There's definitely some good talent over there. All right, man, let's uh, shift over to some New Japan Pro Wrestling here. And they did a really interesting show here on the 31st here, Carl, at a baseball stadium in Tokyo. And yes, this, they did. I yeah, this mean, was pretty cool. Really, really wild, really crazy that uh, that that's happened. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, fantastic. Let me uh, grab our graphics here. Yep. For it some was... reason, they're not moving on me. There we go. <laughs> Finally, it decided to move. Yep. There we go. We got Pleasures the... of live. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. So there we go. Yep. So this was the the wrap of the of the summer struggle tour here, and just a brief breakdown of the the card here. We had uh, Kanemaru defeating Master Wado in the the opening match for 
those of you who are not in the know with the New Japan res- Pro Wrestling, Master Wado, I would liken him to kind of the John Cena-ish type character that they have over there yep. uh, with a, definitely a Japanese twist on it. And then <laughs> yeah. we had probably one of the wackiest things that I've seen in, in I would say... <laughs> 2020's already been wacky, not just not in the, in the world, but in the world of professional wrestling. But Carl, the result of this match here, uh, definitely very wacky. All right, man. So we had El Desperado, Sonata, and Okada, and Toriyanu in the final for this uh, King of Pro Wrestling deal here. And yep. can you take a wild guess of who won this match? It's going to be a crazy one. Was it Yanu? <laughs> it was Yanu. Uh, getting getting the school. First of all, got the low blow. Got the low blow in, and then okay. the, the the roll up pin. Um, visibly, just in this here, Carl. I mean, Sonata, especially. I mean, <laughs> this guy's got to be warning. Like, what the hell? Like, did I do something wrong at some point to somebody higher up in this company? That he, this guy just keeps getting crapped on here, Carl. I mean, what does this guy have to do uh, to climb up further in the card? I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, and he's got the look. And from what I've been told, you know, even I talked to our friend, Mr. Michael Jargo, it seems like not being in this, uh, you know, this young lion system really kind of seems to go against some of these guys. And uh, as good as this company is, it seems like they unnecessarily kind of hold this against some of the talent. That's one of my burning issues with New Japan Pro Wrestling is that these outsiders, uh, they they tend to kind of uh, treat them uh, not with uh, the most respect that maybe they deserve. So now you understand my feelings <laughs> when they keep doing stuff like this to chase Owens. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, so some of the other matches that we had here, uh, I'm going to leave. Well, I'll just briefly mention this one, but uh, uh, we had uh, Minoru Suzuki versus uh, Shingo Takagi um, in an absolutely fantastic match. I'm going to save that one for, for later. I'm not going to say exactly why, although people can probably read between the lines on that one. I'm going to save that one for later. Then we had uh, Ishimori uh, defeating uh, Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. That was uh, definitely a surprise. And we had uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi. And then in the main event for the evening for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the Intercontinental Championship, we had Tetsuya Naito defeating uh, Evil for um, for those two titles. They did split them up like a lot of us were kind of hoping for here, Carl. And uh, I feel that maybe they should have at least vacated that Intercontinental title. Um, I just yeah. don't know doing this long-term if that's a great idea or not, keeping them both together. Yeah, I, I really don't know either. I don't think that it really is going to be a very good idea for them to do so. Um, <clears throat> there's there's so much talent that is available in New Japan Pro Wrestling yep. that why why not allow... Uh, someone else to be able to hold that intercontinental championship. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, they decide. To, hopefully they uh, will kind of make a bit of a shift there, but uh, some good stuff at the Sajingu uh, stadium in, in Tokyo, um, an outdoor venue, the, the weather cooperated, which was good, but uh, it, it, it had a, a cool feel to it. And uh, we had people in the audience too, which in Japan has been doing for a little while now. So it, uh, it just yeah. felt like a good traditional outdoor wrestling show. Uh, you know, then there was some cool stuff that happened, some, Questionable stuff, uh, yep. to say the least. But, uh, but yeah, uh, and as you guys a good, can see, show, it's, it's, good solid show. It th- this is a photo from that night. Yep, and it's a baseball diamond, is what this is. That's mm-hmm. they they did it at a baseball field. Yep, fans in the stands as well as fans down ringside 
So it was it was very cool to see. And I mean, it's something that's been done before. Mm-hmm. It definitely has. But it was just so nice to be able to see it once again happening. And uh, especially uh, during 2020. Yeah, absolutely. And then to correct myself, I said that happened on the 31st. It actually happened on the 29th. Uh, last time I could, could kind of think of a show happening at a baseball stadium, I think uh, Global Force Wrestling around the time that we talked to Jeff Jarrett on the podcast yeah. was the last yep. time they tried to pull something off like that. And I remember it they didn't get much of an audience there unfortunately um but yeah. uh well i mean they were still young least. right yeah so that was, that was a promotion that i think had a lot of uh, potential that's that's uh, something we could probably get into a side topic uh, at some point on, on a on an episode coming down of uh what happened with global force wrestling of what happened to those guys because they just uh seemed to go off into oblivion there which was uh, kind of unfortunate actually yeah but let's shift over some to some WWE discussion here, Carl. And this is something that kind of flew under the radar for a little while, and uh, we just caught wind of it lately. And we're talking surrounding the entrance music for a lot of the talent in WWE, and this kind of came out when Keith Lee made his debut over the main roster, and people essentially went, what was that? Right? <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, for uh, the longest time, there was a group or a production uh people two guys yep. uh collaborative together called cfo yeah and they were doing the entrance music for all of the stars essentially and uh it seems as though like big joe said kind of under the radar they've they've disbanded so the two of them are no longer working together yeah and now we're kind of going what's gonna happen with these theme songs that have already been produced and are being used are we gonna have to change those or is cfo going to allow them to stay yeah that's an interesting discussion and a little bit more on these guys the the two the the guys that were involved in this so their, their names are john paul Ali Castro and Michael Conrad Laurie were the names of the two guys that are from uh, New York. Um, and yeah, I mean, basically every WWE theme that you can think of from 2012 until now, uh, they've done their entrances for it. And yeah. so you got to think of a lot of the marquee ones now. They're going to have to start, uh, it's probably going to be a bit of a slow process, but they're going to have to start phasing out these old entrance themes. And uh, I'm really curious of who they're going to be using. Because uh, like I said, uh, the first one didn't go over well. Um, I still haven't heard it myself because I, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I try not to watch WWE Weekly Television. I frankly don't have time for it a lot of the times, but uh, I tend to watch the clips. But I haven't seen that entrance yet. I'm, I'm actually curious to see what it sounds like to hear what all the hoopla is about. Because apparently... Um, it was pretty resoundingly bad with everybody. Yeah, and and on top of that, I just want to throw out there that people are are upset that Keith Lee is wearing a shirt now. <laughs> so they made him shirt up yeah. and changed his theme music. Uh, in today's society, uh, you, you can't do that's way too much for people to handle all at once. Oh, yeah. Come on now, yeah, yeah. come yeah. on now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully- honestly, it, he's got a shirt on. What, yeah. what does it matter? Honestly, his theme music changed coming from NXT up to the main roster. Mm-hmm. What does it matter? Just go with it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. 
I'm curious to, to hear what the actual music was because uh, said apparently it was pretty bad. So um, if, if it's that bad, I can definitely see why people are, are digging it. And especially with a guy that's got so much momentum uh, that something like this could derail it, Carl, unfortunately. But is it but that not. bad or is it just not <laughs> what people are used to? You know what? Let me see if I can actually find it, right? Um, All right. Because I'm really curious now. I wonder if I can make the audio come through. Uh, so we're talking Keith Lee... Yep. New theme. Now let's see if I can make it come through here. Uh, and let's see if it if it actually says who is uh, who produced it as well, because that's <laughs> that's something to go along with this whole topic of uh, CFO disbanding. Yeah. So let me see if I can get this to come through here. Rest. Been hearing the buzz all day long, but is this? It is. Keith Lee is here. Prepare the best okay. in his glory. The man with no limits. Keith well, Lee. I mean, Joe, a 340 pounder with a. This stomach. really isn't. Uh, it's a little heavier than what uh, he had going, but I didn't think it was bad by any means. Uh, a bit of a bit of a shift there, but I mean. Just from what I heard, yeah. I really don't have much of a problem with it. <laughs> no, I, I I really uh, don't either. Yeah. It was it kind of combined a little bit of the original one, and then it kind of like it faded into this new one, which I yeah I, I kind of dig it actually. Yeah. Just saying, just saying. I, I know there's a lot of hate out there for this, but I don't, I don't get it. Well, again, I, yeah. I, I as I said, I think it comes down to it's not what people are used to, and people don't yeah. like change. Don't so change. you change something, people are going to uh. be in an uproar about it, and I think that that's honestly all that this is. These people that are upset about it are just in an uproar because it's different and they don't like change. Yeah, you know, Get over it. You know what we're seeing again here, Carl, is this uh, interesting trend of people being addicted to being outraged. We're, we're seeing this crop, and this isn't the only uh, uh, place where this is happening. And as you can see, Carl drinking out of his Turnbuckle Talk uh, coffee cup there. That's right. All right, man. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with this entrance music. I think it's... I imagine that they'll find somebody good to, to fill this. And I mean, if that one was their first one, I thought they did okay there. Yeah. I mean, if this is going to be the people that are doing yeah. it now, I I'm, I'm okay with that. That, yeah. that was, that was good in my books. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, definitely. It'll be very interesting to see though. Like I said, if they're going to have to change kind of everybody's mm -hmm. music. Um, and if they do, yeah. Wow, look out. Yeah. We're going to have huge uproar over that. Well, for and sure. I am uh, not going to be uh, <laughs> very happy. Yeah. It'll, um, it'll give us stuff to talk people. about. It'll give us with stuff to talk people, about for sure. I won't be happy. I will be ha I'll be fine if they change music. <laughs> but all the people complaining out there about right. it. Yes. It's just the music. Get over it. I know it's something that you associate with that person. Right. But how many times has theme music changed for other people? How many, like John Cena, yeah. he went through theme music change. Yeah. But right? Let, Who cares? It's just theme uh, music. But let's say, let's let's delve more into this topic. Let's say, let's go back and let's say if um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, if they would have changed his music during the Attitude Era, during the Attitude Era, if they would have changed it, that would have, uh, that probably wouldn't have gone over too well. Just as You're one right, example. It probably wouldn't because he was okay. We have to keep in mind that Keith Lee was coming from NXT, 
up to the main roster. That's why I'm okay with that situation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because a lot of the people that watch the main roster stuff only watch it on their television. They're not subscribed to the WWE network. Mm-hmm. Yep. Therefore they don't get to see NXT all the time. Nope. If they're not watching NXT, they don't know that theme music. Yep. You bring them up to the main roster and change their theme music. This is all new for those other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. So, yep. Uh, like I said, they're just, you know, there's a handful of them out there that, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to mess with, especially my favorite of all time. Like, if they would have messed too much with Piper's theme music, I would have been pissed. All right. I would have been pissed. Uh, Hulk Hogan and the rest of them, I really don't care. But if they would have messed with Piper's uh, bagpipe intro, I would not have been happy. And I, I totally get that. But again, we're, we're going back to this is a totally different, different time, different situations. Yeah. Right. That's that's what it is. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, shift over to some other WWE discussion here. And let's talk uh, some NXT. Um, this seems to kind of be a reoccurring thing that happens here. Um, we have somebody winning a title and then having to relinquish it here. Carl, this is uh, kind of disappointing because uh, we've had Karrion Cross win the NXT World Championship. And I believe it was a shoulder injury and he had to relinquish it but at least carl at least they did it in a really cool way and i gotta give them props for this i'm gonna give wwe props um they did it in a very cool way you know i'm relinquishing this title but that doesn't mean i'm forgetting about things here he's like tick tock tick tock i'm coming back for this once i'm back i mean i thought they did a great job with this more of this kind of stuff please please Definitely. Yeah. Right? I mean, I am, I'm definitely okay with, uh, with what's happened. As you guys can see on the graphic on the screen there, there is Karrion Cross with Scarlet, uh, holding up that NXT championship with pride, uh, very much. So, uh, the, the look on Scarlet's face there, I mean, just says it all. She is elated just as Karrion Cross is. And it was just so fantastic to see. Um, I mean, I was super happy with with Carrion uh, Cross winning that, um, but then, as you said, you know, kind of coming to, you know, like almost the next night um, or a couple nights later, and then we're having to see that this. Yep. Well, like I said, Which, they, they did, and visually, it looks very, very cool. Um, yes. You know, the the hourglass. You know, we're ticking down. You know, I'm coming yeah. back for this thing when, once I'm good to go. And um, you know, I'm paraphrasing there, but uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I thought that they did an excellent job there. And this is the kind of stuff I want to see more of w- from WWE. And then this will rekindle my interest uh, in what's going on here. Um, more of this kind of stuff. We don't we don't need more people getting injured, but we just no. we need <laughs> we need more clever storytelling like this. You know, and this was obviously probably done on the fly here, and. It seems like in these kind of situations, they almost kind of do better when they're going on the fly, Carl. <laughs> I gotta say. Yeah. So, you're 100% th- you're right. Like, is, I mean, this is an example of why you don't need to rigidly script things so much when you can exactly. do things like this. Just kind of let things flow. Yes. No, yeah. I, I definitely agree. And just uh, briefly, if you want to bring the picture of the, of the two of them back up here, Carl, I want to talk briefly on the, the second person. We talked about Mr. Karen Cross, and you hinted at uh, Scarlet there. Uh, is she pretty much not an in-ring talent anymore here, Carl? Is she just going to be the valet? I think as as for right now, yeah. she's just going to be the valet. Yeah. Or is it a slow um, burn? Definitely, I can see that changing, and I really yeah. hope it does because I, I'm – I'm not opposed to her working in the ring Yeah. Um, from what I've seen from her before. I mean, sure. She, you know, like everybody, there's a little bit of mishap here and there. Definitely. 
but she can work in that ring and i am totally fine yeah. with seeing her in the ring yeah there's a lot of matches with her you can find on youtube she's worked quite a oh, bit yeah. of independent stuff uh, wrestle circus and all that kind of stuff you can uh, go and check it all out and yeah, I mean, she's not, you know, knocking it out of the park out there, but I mean, she, she can hold her on. I just hope that if it is a slow burn to her actually getting back into the ring and actually working, that she's still training, you know, to keep the ring rust, the, sorry, the ring rust off <laughs> because, you know, she's been out of the ring for a little while now. So hopefully, you know, she's still doing that aspect of it so that it won't be bad when she does go back. Well, I, I don't want to say I guarantee it, but I'm I, I can almost guarantee that yes, she is. Good. Um NXT, when you're down there, it is there's very rigid schedules mm-hmm. that you're on. You're in there training. If you're not doing the show, you're in there training. Yeah. And uh whether that's uh working as a valet, whether that's working as an in-ring competitor. Either or, you're in there, you're doing your training. You still have to keep your cardio. You still have to do your workouts. You still have to do all of that. And part of that is getting inside of that ring and doing drills. So if you're in that ring doing drills, you're still going to get good. And you're going to keep that ring rust off of you from doing those drills, whether it's running ropes, whether it's uh, leapfrogs, whether it's somersaults, you know, all of that different stuff. And then I'm sure... Scarlett's not uh, the, the, you know, from what I understand, she's not the uh, type of girl that's going to be like, I'm better than you get away from me type of thing. She's one of those people that, that, that that's really in it for the business and, 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 you know, has that drive and really wants to do this. And she, I'm sure that she's gone to other, other uh, female talent and said, Hey, let's get in there. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm, I'm really hoping that she has, I'm really hoping that she has. I so, hope so too. As long as that keeps up, everything should be fine. Because one of the biggest things when she came over, Carl, was because uh, we know you know from Impact and and one uh, they, they were really going for the smoke show type of gimmick where it was really over sexualizing uh, her and her character. When yep. I heard that she was coming over to WWE, I was immediately afraid here, Carl. And I, th- I think you can probably already kind of get a hint as to why. Is that I don't want to see us start to trickle back over to the the diva era again because um, that would be such a step back, you know, not only just for yeah. WWE but for women's wrestling in general. And I, I just hope that if she gets into that, that they they don't go that angle or, or try to incorporate um, uh, too much of that in there. Maybe a little bit okay, but uh, it's kind of treading on. Uh, on dangerous territory there to say the least. And I don't want to see yep. them uh, get back to the, uh, the pillow fight and cake matches again. Not needed. We don't need Please, to. No. We can go back. We can, we can go back and watch the archives if we need to. Yeah, exactly. All right. So exactly. Anybody that subscribes to the WWE network in Canada for 15 bucks, you got all of that available for you to go back and watch. So. For sure. And yeah. it, some of that can be entertaining for what it is, but we don't need to see uh, any of our new talent uh, doing this here, Carl. No, uh, not at all. All right. Well, before we do our breaking news segment, we'll take we're about halfway through here, Carl. Why don't we uh, take a bit of a break here and hear from our friends over at Collar and Elbow? I'll hit the commercial here. Wrestling, a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. 
Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Dictionary defines hero as a person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero in life is far more than words printed on a page. It takes an unwavering code, a compass that points true north, always. And in times like these, it takes sacrifice. Hero shouldn't be a word defined by a dictionary. It's a word that should be defined by the best of us. Hero has a new definition. So there you go, a little word from CollarNoblebrand.com where you can get 10% off when you use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout for all your purchases there. So um, I'm interested to see coming up into the fall season what they're going to have for merch over there because I'm due for some new uh, Collar Noble gear. I, I haven't got anything in uh, quite a while. I definitely am as well. I will uh, very much so be happy when the fall stuff comes out and I can take a look and see what there is. Um, yeah, I'm very interested to see. They always put out some really great stuff. I'm wearing... Uh, you know, my Heather Gray, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mirror tee right now, as well as the hat. I've always got the hat on. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'll be uh, very cool to see what they come out with. There we go. All right. Well, let's do a little breaking news here, Carl. All right. So for breaking news this week, the, the main one that stuck out to me in my uh kind of uh, weekly rummaging of the uh, the dirt sheets and uh, you know, all the wrestling websites, our friends over at thechairshot.com, uh, NDPW, all this kind of stuff. Uh, the big thing that stood out to me, and it's happened actually just in the last, uh, today, I believe, uh, maybe a little bit before that, uh, probably one of the biggest names in the professional wrestling business is a free agent here, Carl. We're talking Mr. Brock Lesnar. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, it looks like they haven't... Uh, managed a deal with WWE yet. They have not managed a deal as well as they have gone as far as removing Brock Lesnar yeah. from things, whether it's stuff on the network, whether it's uh, he has no more uh, profile on WWE.com, hmm. as well as the shop. There is no merchandise for Brock Lesnar. There is that you can still see Brock Lesnar merchandise. You click on it and it goes, oops. This page is no longer Oops. available. <laughs> Whoops, our bad. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, right. What do you think, man? What, what, what's what's next for Brock Lesnar? Retirement, or is he going to uh, uh, go back into the MMA game, or is he going to uh, venture elsewhere in professional wrestling? What do you think? I'm. I don't know. You know what? I, it would. It, I think it would be really cool to see him go back into MMA and do some more MMA stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would be totally fine with that. Um, going through and, you know, maybe going to another company, I don't think is really a, a great option for him. I, I really don't think so. Um, he doesn't need to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he does, he's just going to be known as that WWE guy. And why subject yourself to that? I yeah. mean, just go back and do some MMA. That's yeah. it. And then wait for another four or five years. And the WWE will come calling again as they always do yeah. and be like, Hey, Brock, we need you. Mm-hmm. And that's what will happen. What I think is going to happen here, uh, when it comes to, I'll go through all the different options here. Um, 
with MMA, what I could see happening is uh, one of the previous times that we saw Brock crossover into UFC, we saw the diverticulitis incident, right? When it comes to yes. training for UFC, it was a lot different from training to be a professional wrestler. We saw a lot of uh, negative side health side effects uh, from Mr. Brock Lesnar. And I, I fear that that's something that could reoccur again if he wanted to go down that path. So given that, I think that, that may not be an option for him. And when it comes to WWE, um, right now, it definitely seems to be up in the air. They can't agree on the money, but I think that that'll always be an option. So that's why I feel that him going somewhere else, and I think specifically somewhere that he's been before, I'm talking New Japan Pro Wrestling here, Carl, and I think that especially if we can time this to when we start getting more or to where they can get more people into uh, the arenas and in the, uh, the venues, having, that, having him as a draw for a New Japan Pro Wrestling show is going to bring in a lot of people and I think that that would be, if I was his agent, that's where I would be having my sights set. New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then yeah. that way, just like they did before with him, that have it be a short-term deal, and then he can go back to WWE if he so chooses. All right. I, I, I totally hear what you're saying, yeah. but I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Okay. Um, you said earlier in the broadcast yep. that the outsiders – the ones that haven't gone through yeah. the Young Lions mm-hmm. uh, seem to be really not shunned, but kind of yeah, pushed off to the wayside. But not always. Uh, not always. Not you're always. right. Now, do you think that having a Brock Lesnar come in there is really going to be a good morale boost, especially for those that are not part of the Young Lions club Yeah, that are getting showcased? Do you think that it's really going to be a good idea to bring in Brock Lesnar and make him now your official top or semi-top guy mm-hmm. when all these other people are going to be there going, what about me? I'm here. Do I mean nothing to you? <clears throat> yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying as well. And uh, But I think you can have the best of both worlds there. Uh, arguably, uh, you know, if, you're, if you can book things properly. I mean, look when, when Chris Jericho came over, a lot of people – uh, weren't expecting that, and they, they were able to make that work. They were able to basically do co-main events there, and they, they drew a lot of people. They drew a lot of money there. So I think that they could find a way to make it work. Um, it would just depend on who you would match up Brock with uh, would be the okay. key there. I mean, obviously you can't, you know, Hiromu Takahashi and these kind of guys, obviously Kodabushi, you know, th- those aren't the guys that you want to, or, or Sonata, you don't want to put them up against those guys. You know, you want, you want to put him him in with guys like Shingo and uh, Tanahashi and those kind of guys. Those are the kind of guys that you want to put Brock up against. You know, those big marquee names that aren't going to be hurt by a loss to a guy like Brock Lesnar. Whereas these up and coming guys, you know, you leave them Brock Lesnar free. Right. So I think that 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 would be the way to go about that. If you want to make that work and essentially it would be Brock on excursion. And then once that short term deal comes up, then WWE can come knocking again. That's how I see see it happening. I mean, I, I, like I said, I totally see where you're yeah. coming from and what you're doing and where you're going with <laughs> all of that. But I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think this might actually be just a uh, another way for Brock to get back into MMA now. Could and, be. Uh, but... that's, that's about it. Go and make, you know, uh, a couple million doing a few fights just to sustain himself again, right? And then uh, waiting for, uh, wait for Vince to uh, come and call in. Yeah, because I mean, I think he'll always kind of be welcome in the WWE. Um, he's been one of their biggest draws for a long time. 
And this yep. is one of those things too. It's that there's been a lot of outrage on Facebook and stuff about this. So people are like, "Oh, it's good that he's gone. He never made them any money, anyways." I went, "Really? Brock Lesnar never made them any money? Like, I would say probably like the last ten years, he's been like their main draw." So yeah. people just hating on Brock Lesnar. Guess what, guys? He's a heel most of the time, and you're supposed to hate him. <laughs> exactly. So Mission I've always been a fan of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Yep, and we, we've seen a little interesting side effect of the situation here, Carl, which we'll get into in our Showstopper segment. But first, before we do that... Well, uh, no, hold on a second. Oh, you have some breaking news? I want to talk about breaking news. I have breaking news. Carl has breaking news. What you got? So this is a, probably about 40 minutes ago, 45 minutes ago, that this, uh, this came out here. New Japan Pro Stars stripped of their championships. Okay. Yes. So we are talking here. Rapongi 3K have been IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions since Wrestle Kingdom 14. Mm -hmm. And they have been forced to relinquish their titles. Wait a second. Um... Let me go back here. Okay, the junior heavy junior uh, tag team championships. Okay. Yes, the junior heavyweight yep. tag team championships. Okay. Yep. What was the so, situation? Uh, Yo has not wrestled since June twenty third. He was injured during his match with Abushi. Yeah. Um, they were competing in the first round of the New Japan New Japan Cup. Okay. Right. So yesterday, the team officially gave up the belts. Now a tournament has been announced to crown the new champions. Here we go. Four teams will compete to become the new champs. I hope I don't butcher these, but I'm going to go through the names here for you. Give it a shot. The teams are Hiromi Takahashi. Hiromu. Hiromu Takahashi. Yes. And Bushi. Yes. El Desperado and uh, Yoshinobu uh, Kenamaro. I had a hard time with that one the first time, too. Uh, Master Watu, or Watto, sorry. Watto. And uh, Raisuke... Uh, Taguchi, yeah, okay, close. Ra- 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 Ryusuke Taguchi, yeah, and uh, Tajiri Ishimori, and is it Gato? Gato, yeah. Okay, yeah. So those those four teams are going to compete hmm. in a round robin tournament starting September fifth. The tournament will operate like other New Japan yeah. uh, tournaments. The winning teams earning points. The two teams with the most points will wrestle in the finals on September 11th in uh, Corican Hall. Nice. Corican Hall. Nice venue. So, yep. Nice little yeah. venue for, for professional <laughs> wrestling. So, uh, interesting point of the four teams, El Desperado and uh, Kenamaru uh, are the only ones to have been champions together. Mm hmm. It'd be so, a good opportunity yeah, to put the titles back on. That's my breaking news. It'd be a good chance to put the titles back on those guys. Despy and Kanemaru, those guys are awesome. Um, they've been doing a good job, especially uh, coming out of uh, the uh, the lockdown and whatnot. So, um, yeah, um, I think that's about it for breaking news. I've just uh, checked a couple of my sources. and let's, I mean, there's some other stuff here, but nothing uh, too crazy that uh, is worth uh, bringing up, honestly. Um, let us do our Match of the Week segment. Here we go. All right, man. Match of the week segment. What do you got for this past week? What was your favorite uh, match that you uh, were able to catch? If you had the chance, you want me to go first? Yes, again? you go first again. Main event, baby. Main event of Summer Struggle. Mm. 
Yours is coming so from I hope, Japan. I hope that yours wasn't that one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Like, I mean, it was just, even though it was, it was like 39, 38 minutes, something like that. It was a bit long. Yeah. Yeah. It was long, but yeah. it, it didn't feel as though it was long. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it, it was just all around. Everything was just good. And it's just a, another classic New Japan pro wrestling throwing out there that they can do what anyone else can do and do it just that much better. I was just super happy with everything uh, coming out of that. I mean, out of the entire summer struggle uh, that, that happened, I mean, yeah, it, it was just fantastic. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy with everything that New Japan's putting down right now. So, yeah. It definitely feels like, you know, coming out of COVID-19, I mean, we're obviously we're still dealing with it, but I think, you know, we've mentioned this before that they've been the company that uh, has probably handled it the best. Uh, Ring of Honor has also done very well being able to keep their talent on, but their, their operation is uh, relatively small. But for New Japan to not only keep their uh, their audience and their talent around, um, so it's quite a bit. Uh, we're starting to see uh, stuff happening over in um, over in the U.S. with uh, the New Japan America for the people, uh, yes. for the guys who can't make it over. Uh, so yeah, it's it's looking pretty good there. And uh, I was a little concerned with the summer struggle tour just because they were doing so many shows is that they were gonna have a lot of repetition. And there, there was some to a certain extent, but they still managed yeah. to put out some good shows. And this was a really nice way to wrap it up in an outdoor venue. And uh, interestingly enough, here, Carl, my match. Well, of the week, I want to correct myself here oh, quickly. Yes. Okay, sorry, 26 minutes. 26 minutes, yeah. Yeah, not 30. It was 26 minutes. There you go. Still a bit of a long match, but uh, yeah. it uh, typically doesn't quite feel that long. Um, for my match of the week, it's actually coming from New Japan. It's also coming from this show as well here, Carl. And uh, the reason why I skipped this match earlier, talking about earlier in the show, is because of this, because this was my match of the week. Um, the match for the Never Open Weight Championship between Minoru Suzuki and Shingo Takagi. Um like I had mentioned, when it comes to Shingo, uh, typically when he is on a show like this, he's always going to be a contender for match of the week for me. Uh, this guy has come out of the junior um, heavyweight division, believe it or not, to be one of the more convincing heavyweights going on. And uh, you know, he had an opportunity to go up against uh, Minoru Suzuki here. And I mean, my God here, man. I mean, this is just a great back and forth, a slobber knocker to say the least. Um, at... Uh, let me just make sure I'm getting his age right. At 52 years old, Minoru Suzuki is still one of the smoothest operators in that ring. Just when you watch him transition between moves and submissions and grappling moves, I mean, my God, the guy uh, looks better than a lot of younger guys out there still at his age, and he's absolutely fantastic. And, um, yeah, yeah the, this was uh, a match that uh, it f- actually felt a little bit longer than it actually was, but uh, it went uh, just shy of 15 minutes, but uh, it felt a little bit longer than that, but not in a bad way. And and um, Minoru Suzuki ended up uh, getting the win over uh, Shingo there. But um, I was okay with with the loss. Uh, Shingo still looked really, really good in there and stood, I mean, toe-to-toe with one of the one of the best in, in the business. I mean, Minoru Suzuki, I know for a lot of uh, fans who are just in the WWE bubble aren't really aware of Minoru Suzuki, but should be um you should, should be i mean this guy is just old school heel to the core and i mean and outside of professional wrestling this guy has just a tremendous amount of influence um influenced a lot of the early development of mma believe it or not and yes. uh yeah i mean just this guy is just a 
just fantastic. You know, we affectionately refer to him as Murder Grandpa uh, because he is usually the oldest guy in the ring. Um, and like I had said, you know, he just, he moves like a young guy. It's absolutely fantastic at his age. I don't know what it is, Carl, with these older Japanese guys, but they keep themselves in good shape probably because they're not, uh, you know, they're not dealing with all the junk, you know, they're not uh, into drugs and alcohol and that kind of stuff. These guys take care of each other clearly. And uh, it shows, you know, guys like, uh, um, you know, Dushin Thunder Liger. I mean, for him to go as long as he did, I mean, when you take care of yourself, you can have some longevity in this business. So a, 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 good, a good tip for some, uh, for some younger wrestlers. If you take care of yourself, you can have a long career. That's right. All right. So, yeah, both of our uh, uh, match of the week coming from the same show. We didn't pick the same match. but yeah. uh, Nope. But uh, it could have been close because yours was uh, definitely a contender for me as well. So we, we almost had the same pick. But, uh, but this one, you know, Shingo. Kind of put it a little bit over the top for me. Again, it always it, does for you. It, always. If you if yeah. you if you have a chance to watch any of his matches, I mean, they they they, they never disappoint, Carl. That's I gotta right. say that they, they never disappoint with him. So, uh, some good stuff there. All right, man. Let's take another bit of a brief break here, and we're gonna come back with our showstopper segment. And uh, I will let, um, since you uh, put a lot of these here together, Carl, I'll let you pick our our last break segment uh, for, for this oh, episode. Oh, the break segment. Let's yeah. take a look here. Let's go. Hi, my name is Barry Radcliffe. You might recognize me from such films as The Longest Ride or Dead 2. Now, as a successful actor, I have two planes, a supermodel wife, countless exotic cars, and a ton of cash. You might think it couldn't get any better than this, but you'd be wrong for only $4.99. You could get OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. That's OVWWrestlingNetwork.com for only $4.99. Now, will your life be as good as this? No! Will it be better? Yes, and I guarantee that. That's not valid anywhere. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99. Tomorrow's yesterday is today. Prices so low, they're insane. What more bang for your butt? Well, so do I at OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99 a month. In between excitement, me too. OVWWrestlingNetwork.com is only $4.99 a month. You get that incredible value. She cost me $17 million and I loved it. Want a real value? OVWWrestlingNetwork.com. It's only $4.99. That's a price so low. Well, it's insane. <laughs> I love that commercial just because it's done. Yeah, I do too. It's done in that old school salesman type of technique. Like uh, you think uh, like Crazy Eddie's and uh, all these kind of, uh, you know, mind you, that was a completely corrupt company that ended up crumbling down <laughs> to the ground. But uh, but just in an over the top kind of presentation. And I mean, and the, the price is excellent for what you're getting for OVWs. Like, oh, yeah. Like I said, you're seeing the future today and absolutely fantastic and uh looking for I, I, I might actually you know consider subscribing to that because it's a, an excellent product and uh, we, five bucks a month five well five month. five american yeah. okay so if you're in canada it's like 15 what, canadian dollars yeah. whatever <laughs> the exchange rate isn't all that great uh, for us here no. but uh, some good <laughs> no. stuff there to say the least all right man let us do our show stopper segment All right, showstopper segment for this week. As we had mentioned, Brock Lesnar is now a free agent and is no longer with the WWE. Seemingly, we'll see for how long. But having said that here, Carl, this has freed things up for a certain Paul Heyman. And involving, strangely enough, somebody that we have railed on probably more than anybody else on this program. I mean, there is some competition out there, uh, needless to say, but... uh, the big dog is back here, Carl. We're talking Mr. Roman Reigns 
uh, coming back at SummerSlam and then taking the Universal title at pay- back at Payback uh, out of nowhere. And wow, I got to say here, Carl, and this is kind of the, the Showstopper segment topic here. It looks like we might finally be doing the right thing with Roman Reigns here in WWE, but is this too little too late for Mr. Roman Reigns? You know what? I don't think that it is. I think that he's been gone long enough that him coming back like this and and bringing this attitude with him, bringing the uh, big dog, bad guy type of thing to the people right now is kind of what people have wanted. Mm -hmm. And now the WWE finally has listened and given us what we want and even put him with Paul Heyman. Right. I was sitting there talking with my wife and she, uh, she was, you know, I was telling her like, you know, Paul Heyman is working with Roman Reigns now. And she's yep. like, he's going to the top. Yep. That, that was her words. She, she says he's going to the top. Yep. Anybody that works with Paul Heyman, they're going to the top. Yep. So even, even her who, who is a casual wrestling fan <laughs> knows and understands that if Paul Heyman is on your side, you're going to the top. Yeah, for and sure. Yep. Time. I love this whole wreck everyone and leave. Yep. I love it. Love it. Now, it's like you know, Stone Cold, one of your favorites, mm-hmm. race hell and leave. For sure. Right? Same yep. thing. They're, I mean, they're rehashing. They definitely are with stuff like this. Yeah. But they put their own twist on it. I'm happy. I'm, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but <laughs> I, I'm happy with Roman Reigns right now. So, Joe, what yeah. are your thoughts? Uh, a, a couple things on this. And um, since you're playing on the positive side, I'll, I'll kind of play devil's advocate, just maybe just a little bit here. Um, one thing that, that I will say when you we're looking at, we sh- we're still doing this Thunderdome concept here. Now, as this moment is happening, you know, as the uh, as Mr. Roman Reigns is coming out at SummerSlam, we're seeing, you know, just like we have us here, we have the, the, the uh, well, in their case, the non-talking heads. We just have people moving and kind of reacting. We saw a lot of people when Roman was coming out, a lot of people going on camera going like this. Um, and again, you had mentioned, you know, WWE finally gave us what they, what we want, but of course people still aren't going to be happy regardless. Um, so I will say that the, the reaction seems to be mixed among uh, the audience. Um, I've always said that I've wanted Roman pushed as a heel because I, I felt that, just his persona's presence was better suited to that than forcing him uh, as a good guy. Like they did this whole thing. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm just the guy that never made any sense to me and it never worked. But having him be the bad guy now, I, I think can definitely work. My only concern here, Carl, is that it does feel a little bit like we've just, since we don't have Brock, we've just inserted uh, Roman into this role. Um, do you get any of that kind of sense that since we don't have Brock, that we just, we had to put somebody in there and why not Roman Reigns, right? I, I, I don't, I don't feel that. No, no, I really don't. Um, I can, I can definitely see where you're coming from and what you're saying, yeah. but I don't feel that. Um, I feel that this is just a rejuvenation for Roman Reigns and, uh, just, a a step forward for everything when it comes to Roman reigns. Like, I mean, this is something that that's been on that back burner for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Are we ever going to get that John Cena heel turn? Well, we saw him in video kind of turn his heel once yeah. and that was about it. Yeah. 
right? But we've been looking forward to Roman Reigns kind of breaking away from this whole like maybe shield thing that he still has hovering over top of him. And now he's branched out. He's his own person now. Just like Seth Rollins, just yep. like now John Moxley. They're their own people. We finally are going to get, with the help of Paul Heyman, our own Roman Reigns. Yep, it's interesting. Uh, I'm glad that he's not wearing the uh, the ride uh, gear anymore, the, the vest one. Yeah. That, that was something that always kind of ticked me off. I, I got it in the shield, but then afterwards he kept uh, rocking it, and I wasn't uh, didn't really understand why. Um, yeah, um, this whole situation here, Carl, I don't, I don't know exactly how to feel. I, I like that they're at least attempting this, but I'm just wondering if the better time might have been when we actually have physical people back in the arena again. I know that we technically have it with there with the Thunderdome, uh, react, um, situation going on there, but, uh, I, but I do have to give them props. At least they're, they're trying something, and I just hope that what they do is going to be good uh, they've had to kind of i think think on the fly here a little bit with with brock and his contract status so i'm thinking like i'd mentioned earlier that when they do things on the fly sometimes it, it seemingly seems to be better so i'm hoping that that's the case here that they're doing something kind of off the cuff and having to improvise and hopefully it'll be good that's that that's all i want here is just make him don't just make him a bad guy make him the, the top heel in the company and have him just go out and just kind of be that that person and just like unapologetically be that person be that strong alpha male don't be somebody who's going to cave in occasionally and blah 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 and when i just have him go be that dominant alpha male and push that envelope it's just for seemingly going past the pg-13 push that envelope if you can and uh do some risque stuff and uh then i can kind of dig it and i can uh, feel what they're putting out so now i want to get your thoughts on this joe okay so We've had Braun Strowman with that championship for a while now, and I have been okay with it. Then we have him now. It seems like it was only, what, maybe three weeks ago that they started this feud between Braun Strowman and The Fiend, Mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt. And now it almost seems that it's done and over with because Roman Reigns is back and Roman Reigns is now the Universal Champion. Do you feel that this was a good move to put the Universal Championship onto Roman Reigns or should they have kept it on Braun Strowman to pull that feud out a little further with Bray Wyatt? I I think to, to get the maximum impact for this return, I think that they did the right move. Um, having said that, um, for those of you who have been paying attention to news uh, kind of going out there, we technically could have done this as breaking news if we wanted to. Uh, it's come out that Braun uh, was feeling really negative to the point where he was uh, having some suicidal thoughts and that Vince was actually the one to kind of uh, help him talk him through the situation to, to kind of make him feel better. And then this happened here, Carl. This feels like, you know, then we we've reverted back again. Uh, I mean, this has got to be a big downer for him and uh, the timing of it isn't great. You know, like I said, just uh, his psyche uh, right now, uh, he said that he was down pretty deep there and Vince, strangely enough, being the one to kind of uh, dig him out of it only then to bury his ass again. And just, it's a damn, like it just, it's a, but I mean, I think you still had to go this route to, to maximize this return. I think you had to. And uh, I don't think that, and then Braun is just a casualty in this whole deal, but I think that's, Whoever was going to be the champion at that time was going to lose to Roman coming back. I mean, I think that's just the way you had to do it. 
yeah. I mean, okay. Everybody knows that I have not been a big fan of Roman Reigns. No. Um, I am a fan of Braun Strowman. Yeah. Uh, since the very beginning, when he first started, I've been a fan of Braun Strowman. So I'm a little upset. Yes, don't get me wrong. You know, like it's a oh, seriously type of, you know, they, 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 they took the championship off of mm-hmm. Braun Strowman. But I hope that maybe they continue to allow Braun now, you know, have a rematch against, you know, and maybe maybe develop something, uh, you know, with that. Uh, you know, with uh, Roman Reigns now and Braun Strowman. Um, but then we still have this whole third wheel of the fiend Bray Wyatt and, and where he's going to kind of come into all of this as well. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe this was something for, like you said, for Braun psyche. Maybe this is something that, that, you know, the pressures of being the champ were actually kind of weighing on him a little bit. Mm. And uh, maybe he needs a little bit of time to be able to, you know, take off. And uh, this might be an opportunity for that to happen. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. See, I was thinking more of it having a negative uh, effect on his psyche because they're taking the championship off him again, right? I was looking at a bit of a different way there. Um, You know, this brings up probably possibly a whole other topic here, Carl. Um, You know, this could even be a showstopper segment in itself, honestly, uh, of some people just taking this stuff a little, maybe a little too seriously, uh, you know, because they're they're losing and maybe they're not not the champion. Uh, Is Braun possibly one of those people that just gets too emotionally invested in kind of what's going on? Um, You know, that's something uh, that the, um, you know, we could take on as a whole topic itself and and with uh, with the, the Fiend. I mean, now with Rowan being... The top people in the company. I mean, you can't have two top bad guys really at the same time. Uh, it just doesn't really work historically. Um, you know, and exactly. the, the Fiend was supposed to be, you know, probably the, the top bad guy, but just the way that they approached it, they actually made him probably one of the most over uh, people with the crowd. So it had kind of a reverse effect. So, yep, uh, some there's a lot going on <laughs> with these three guys here, and uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I think that there's really only one that's going to come out on top. Uh, in the situation, though, and the, and the rest might get kind of lost in the shuffle. And I think the one coming out on top is going to be that Paul Heyman guy. I think it has to be. Um, and, you know, just hopefully you know, it doesn't have too negative of an effect on the other two guys, you know, especially just in that, that personal context, you know, especially, like I said, with Braun. You know, we actually are coming out into, uh, you know, into September, which is Suicide Awareness and Suicide Prevention Month. You know, so this is something that we can kind of uh, shed some light on maybe in these coming episodes uh, in September. I think that might be something that we will look into, um, you know, having it be uh, sort of a topic we tie into every episode because it is, uh, coming up this month, and it is an important topic to talk about. Yes. And uh, oh, like yeah. I said, with uh, with Braun, this is something that, that kind of came out that uh, you know, he was to that point where he was considering it. And uh, I think at this situation, you know, it, it's uh, questionable timing, but uh, hopefully he can uh, um, tough it out. And, you know, worst case scenario, man, if it's too much for you to handle, just... just 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 walk away if need be. Your 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 health and your life is more important. Uh, you know he's probably made enough money to probably live out the rest of his life in peace if he wants. You know, do if if the fame and then the spotlight and everything is too much for you to handle. If you can't handle losing a title, then maybe you need to walk away. Uh, I know that might sound yeah. a little rough, but like I said, your health and your life is more important than working exactly. for the WWE. 
Exactly. <laughs> to put it very frankly. I know there's some people that will disagree with me on that. Oh, no, no, no. Dude, if it's too much for you, you need to be able to know when to say when. Because everybody has their breaking point. And if you push past that, then you might not be around anymore. Quite yeah, frankly. Right. And that's so, not what we want yeah. at all. Absolutely, man. All right. So is there anything else that you want to cover this week here, Carl? Yeah, just make sure that everybody knows where they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. As you can see in the ticker down below, we do have merchandise. Check it out. Turnbuckle-talk.myshopify.com. Go there. If there's something that you guys want to see in that merchandise store, let me know. Send us a message to our Facebook at TB Talk Pod and let me know what you would like to see inside of our store that you would want to purchase. Yep. Um, and uh, of course, uh, make sure and uh, visit our friends over at thechairshot.com, you know, our, our, our new home. Make sure and check out everything that they have there. And of course, our friends over at ndpw.com. And of course, our, our, our own merch too. Make sure and, and check that out. And uh, we have, we got all kinds of stuff there. And I would imagine, you know, we'll probably end up adding more or substituting some things as the fall uh, comes in. And uh, we've got so much kind of going on here, Carl, even just outside of doing this podcast every week, all the all the partnerships and uh, all that kind of going on. As I had mentioned, um, you know, the, the hitting the market, uh, uh, pro wrestling um, network is still kind of going on and um, from what I'm hearing you know, uh, I'm hoping I'm not jumping the gun here but I have been talking to from Mr. Michael Jargo and okay. uh, there is a possibility that the flagship show the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast will be returning very soon with uh, Jargo and Rick so uh, looking forward to that if that becomes a thing uh, hopefully Jargo if I'm not jumping the gun uh, letting that, uh, that out there but uh, he has told me that they're looking at bringing that back and that would be extremely cool and uh, be a oh, welcome yeah. uh, back to the network because, uh, damn, those two guys together are awesome, just like we are. They're gold. Yes. They definitely are. For our partnerships, as Big Joe mentioned, colorandelbowbrand.com. Go and check them out at colorandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code JKPODCAST, 10% off your entire purchase. We are in partnership with Phoenix at fnxfit.com. There are supplements over there, whether it's pre-workout, post-workout, super greens, protein powders, all the different things that you need. You want a discount code for that? Get a hold of us on our Facebook page at TB Talk Pod, and I will get you a discount code to get you a pretty big percentage off your entire order. So get a hold of us there. Let us know that you want a promo code for phoenixfit.com, and I will make sure that we get one to you. Very cool. Like I said, Tons of stuff going around here. And uh, hopefully, as always, you know, the wrestling world always gives us stuff to talk about. So looking forward to another episode next week. Like I said, we're, we're, we're creeping up to that 200 episode mark here, Carl. And uh, I know it's still a little ways off, but I want to do something really special for that 200th episode. And, uh, you know, if you guys have some ideas, uh, just hit up on our social media and let us know what you want for, for a 200 episode. You know, do you want the whole HTM podcast network, the whole thing like that? Or what do you guys want for a 200th episode? Let us know and we'll see if we can make uh, some of that happen as well. Or, you know, Ryan K. Bowman, Michael Malcorf. You know, we might have like one big whole happy party here and uh, that could be interesting as well. So That's we'll see great. what we can do. All right, man, well, let's wrap it up for this week and we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me, it's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at hitting the marks.com. And I invite everyone 
to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk. But check out all of our other shows. We have, you can find that all at GiddyTheBucks.com. Run. Thank you.